everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and we talk about truth and scripture every week together, and we are talking about 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John in this episode. We primarily focus on 1st John, but John is known as the beloved disciple, and he does focus a lot on love and intimacy between God and his children, and that's primarily what we talk about. We talk about what it looks like to be intimate with the Lord and what is love. And we do talk about prayer a lot in this episode as well. I ask her a good amount of questions. I really dig into what is prayer? What's the point of prayer? How do we, you know, is God going to answer all our prayers? I mean, I ask my mom a lot of questions (laughs) in regards to prayer. So clearly I'm wrestling with it myself, but we are so glad that you are here. We would love for you to pull up a chair and listen in. Hey, Kara. <laughs> we are in 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and John. We're about to get first, into Revelation. 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and John. It's a lot. And 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and John. And we're about to get into Revelation and find out that we win. And it is going to be a good day. So how great. are you doing? I'm just Are you as great. excited about 1st, 2nd, 3rd, John as I am? Um, Yeah, I like John. He's the beloved. We've talked. We talked about him when we um, did the Gospel of John. But we he did. is we very did. lovey. He is lovey. <laughs> and you say that because actually that's one of the first, second, and third John's theme is love and truth. I don't really know much about second and third John. I do have a lot I like highlighted and stuff um, oh. written in the margins of first John. But well, I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to tell you, Mom. Okay, good. What have you got highlighted? Oh, I'll tell you right now. Well, I mean, we talk tomorrow, but we're really recording right now, so it's probably go ahead and let's just do it right now. So I will say, before I get into like a specific verse, I was looking at um, Tony Evans' Bible and reading uh-huh. about the, you know, the overall like message and purpose. Wait a minute, wait, wait. Tony what? Evans is not... Written not his Bible, Bible his commentary. Sorry. Bible. Okay. <laughs> Tony Evans' commentary on okay, the word you. of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. <laughs> but he just kind of like the overall purpose message and all that about first, second, third John. And mm-hmm. he was pointing out that John is the apostle of intimacy, is the words that yeah. he used. He's very yeah, concerned like with that. our mm-hmm. he said he is very concerned with our fellowship, that is our closeness with the Lord. Um, and then he goes on to a bunch of other things. So when I was reading that, I was I just was sitting on that, and I was thinking about this quote that I had heard from a pastor mm-hmm. that I, I already had told you about. But it was basically he was talking about the timing of the Lord, and mm-hmm. he said, "The closer we are to the Lord, in other words, the closer our fellowship is with God, mm-hmm. the less the we more are concerned. intimacy we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the less we are concerned with times and seasons." And mm. so I was just thinking back to that of just how, you know, like the closer you are to the Lord, the more you trust Him, the more you know Him, the more you love Him mm-hmm. and all that. And the more you just kind of rest in His timing. And yes, we'll mm-hmm. have moments that it's hard, but just like, and so anyway, I was like thinking about that and thinking about how, you know, when I was reading 
how John is the apostle, the kind of he talks a lot about intimacy. Yeah. And just like the closeness with the Lord. And just thinking about, I think it's in the gospel of John where he references himself um, leaning back on Jesus and the at the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's in multiple of mm-hmm. the That's gospels. Right. I'm not sure. But yeah. And so anyway, I was just kind of like thinking through all that of like, and I think we talked a little bit when we went through the gospel of John of what it means that he was the beloved apostle. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like mm-hmm. he was a favorite, but I think he did have an intimacy with Jesus that was different than the other apostles, mm-hmm. not better, but just different. You know, and I do think there are people that tend to lean, you know, like like that. Like, like obviously love was a very, very important emphasis that John had because we see that, you know, it's John 3, 16, for God so loved. And mm-hmm. and we see love all through first, second, and third John. It's, it's um, Tony Evans picked up, you know, talked mm-hmm. about that you were talking about. And I sense, and when, you know, I was reading, you know, the first and second, third John, I pick up a lot of truth and abide. And, of course, that would be intimacy. I mean, you're not going to be intimate with someone that you don't, feel like they're truthful to you know with you and he, mm-hmm. he does talk a lot about truth. And then abiding, when you're talking about abiding, I mean that's close. That's right. you know being, you know, that. So yeah, I I definitely feel um and agree with what, you know, Tony Evans is saying is that, you know, John does send, tend to bend a lot to teaching about the intimacy of God. There are just different things I think are emphasis. As we talked about it in the gospels, like there's certain Topics that are the the way that they viewed God, uh, Jesus, like uh, Mark, I think, views him as a servant, and you know, and John just you know uh, viewed him as the Word of God coming down from heaven, and that he loved us. So, yeah, I I, I think you're right in the fact that he is called he does call himself the beloved John, mm-hmm. but I think that's kind of his bent too. Yeah, well, and this is kind of taking it in a different direction, but I was when I was reading through. First John earlier today, I was struck on this verse. It's in chapter two, verse four, mm-hmm. but it says, whoever says I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not wow. in him. But whoever John, keeps his- come on now, like, you're not being very loving. <laughs> some mm-hmm. harsh words. But you know, some harsh whoever, words coming from a very loving kind of guy. But whoever keeps his word in, tr- in him, truly the love of God is perfected by the way we know mm-hmm. him. By this, we may know that we are in Him. So anyway, but mm-hmm. I think that's interesting thinking about Him being the one who talks a lot about love, but that is a very harsh statement to say. You, If you say that you know Him, but you don't keep His commandments, you're a liar. And I think, I think it just shows that as a culture, as a world, our mm-hmm. view of love is off. Because mm-hmm. if we disagree with someone or if we, and I'm talking about someone like close to us, you know, if we disagree yeah. with someone close yeah. to us it's or if we to, yeah. call, you know, something out in love, because I think some mm-hmm. people, I mean, I think you it's all those things where it's, mm-hmm. yeah, you can call it tough love, but it's also like just speaking something, like calling, I mean. Well, in, in, okay, let me, let me back up, because you're preaching to the choir here. Because as you know, you as my child, I hear you say all the time, if you don't want to know the truth, you don't want, you know, you don't want to know or uh, hear what, you know, mom says, don't ask her if you don't want to know the truth. And I always say, well, I tell you the truth because I love you. And so I think 
part of loving someone is being able to be truthful with them and stuff. Now, I'm not going to walk up to someone that I don't know. Now, John obviously is writing this to the Christians, and he does know these people. But he's saying you're lying. You're, you know, mm-hmm. you know. Let's just call it for what it is. Right. And for us, we'd call it a blind spot. Right. When we'd I, call I, it a weakness, or we'd call it something. Well, they just struggling with this. Um, and and John says it's it's a sin, and you're walking in darkness, and right. you're and that, lying. Well, sometimes we do have genuine. There are genuine blind spots, but when it's you're I'm knowing, not saying there's not. I know mm-hmm. you're not. I'm just being devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, that yes, when you're knowingly, you know, walking in, mm-hmm. you know, against his commandments. And, and I do think that there's, I do want to speak to, cause I have been in a relationship where they tell you the truth, but it's not in love. And it's like, well, right. I'm just telling you the truth because I love you. And it's like, well, that's mm-hmm. actually not what's happening. You're just being abusive with your words. <laughs> and yeah. they're trying to so yeah, control me. Yeah. And so I think like that's where it's just saying things honestly. Also, you know, like there's, yes, truth tells you and honestly, but also there are people who use honesty as a weapon that's and right. then it's not out of love. So I think it's like anything in scripture, anything with our spiritual souls, lives, all that. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of the heart, you know, like where is this? Mm-hmm. Is it coming? Well, I think that, yeah, motivation. Right. It's like, I want to tell you this because I want you to change so you can be what I want you to be. John and Jesus would say things and tell you the truth. Peter would tell you the truth. All the disciples would tell you the truth. They spoke about talking about the truth for the goal for you to be intimate with God and for you to be free. There's a there's a difference, and mm-hmm. you're wanting someone to be the best who they are, and you love them, and you know that they're going down this direction. You know that, like I love them too much. I, you know, right. I'm gonna tell them, and and I think that that's, and I think that's one of the things about John. If, if I was gonna say first, second, third, John, if I was gonna say like how I, how I see this is that John, you know, of course, met Jesus, loved him, fell in love with him, never got over it, kind of like Paul. And he definitely wants to proclaim Jesus is the Christ. And he's wanting that intimacy. He doesn't want just to be telling something just to be uh, truth and not with intimacy, but for the truth to draw you closer to God, for the truth to draw you closer with intimacy. And that's what obedience does. Obedience does do that. It, it causes you to love God. It says, if you, you know, James says, if, you know, show me your faith, I'll show you my works. You know, uh, anybody can say, I love God or I trust God. But if you don't act on that love or act on that obedience or uh, faith, then, you know, what, you know, John is saying is you're lying. You don't really love God if you don't do what, you know, you just when you love somebody, you want to do you want to please them. That's just bottom line. And when you say do my commandments, doing the commandments doesn't make you love God. It is the evidence right. of the fact that you love God. So, yeah. um, and I, and that's I think that that's very important. I love you know if you go in and you see how many times you know like in chapter two that you're talking about, he said whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves, there's that word, his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. And he he just continually talks about abiding and walking in the truth and being obedient and loving other people. I think think that's huge. I think it's something we can all kind of sit back and and kind of think. One of the things that I've learned uh, over the years, like in 
chapter 1, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful to just to forgive us of our sins. Well, we all know that Jesus forgave our sins on the cross. So does repentance mean that you know, I have to repent or I'm not forgiven? I think repentance means that I acknowledge and I understand and I agree with God with my sin. And then I'm able to experience his forgiveness. God forgave me on the cross. But being able to experience, there's, there's a difference of intimacy when you experience uh, God and you experience what God is saying in his love. And then that's what drives you closer and closer to him. And so, you know, a lot of people that read that think, well, if I don't repent, if I don't confess my sins, then I'm not forgiven. You are forgiven because Jesus forgave you before you ever sinned because you weren't alive that many years ago. Mm-hmm. But, but being able to acknowledge and agree with God about your sin causes an intimacy with the Father. And it, it helps you to understand and embrace your forgiveness. And, it, and, it, mm-hmm. and that causes intimacy. And it is huge about repentance. Yeah, it's not necessarily like repentance doesn't, because we can never confess all of our sins because I, like we are all, you know, There's we. Too many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some we don't even, aren't even aware of. Um, but yeah, so it's not asking for forgiveness and repenting because we need his repent. We need his forgiveness. It's, we already forgiven. It's just more of yeah. our process and our, yeah, like our process right. and like what you were saying of like it it brings this intimacy. It brings it makes us more aware of his yeah. forgiveness is not dependent upon our for, our repentance. Mm-hmm. You know, we are forgiven whether we repent of it or not, but we will not experience repentance. We will not live out of freedom. We will not be able to function and be. Uh, intimate with the Lord and free from our sins and stuff until we agree with God that, yes, you know, that's a sin, Mm -hmm. and then you move on. Yeah, Um, well, and we see that in the Gospels where, mm -hmm. yeah, like Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, and then he's like, turn, repent, you know, go on. Yeah, and move on. You know, yeah, like, live it out more, Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean, yes, they're going to sin again, but yeah, it's Mm -hmm. more, it's... And he says, live it out. It's basically just saying, live it out. And I think that's one of the things that causes the intimacy. I think it's something that grows. The more you live out from understanding you've been forgiven and you're loved by God, and the more you and you start from that position and you start living that out from that position. You understand I am loved and I'm forgiven. Then you begin to experience more and more of the love of God. And then you mm-hmm. fall more and more in love with God. It's kind of a way of intimacy. A lot of people ask all the time, how do you, you know, I, I don't feel close to God. I don't feel intimate with God. And I think that that's one of the reasons is because we we don't live out from the truth that we do know at that point of I have been forgiven and mm-hmm. I'm Or even just that we're a child of God. Right, right. And the Spirit in us, you know, lets us know that mm-hmm. we are. Well, and I think too, because it's there's faith re- required in that. There's faith to, okay, yeah. like I... Because we can't see with our eyes our forgiveness or see like really what has been done in that regard. So mm-hmm. it's taking it's taking God at his word saying like, okay, like I trust that you have forgiven me or I trust that I am your child. I trust that you love me, you know, and then and living mm-hmm. that out um, or wa- you know, walking in that. Because a lot of people wait till they feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't, I, and, and a lot of times a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. Sometimes, to be honest, I think people get very comfortable. they they really kind of feel comfortable living in shame and regret. And to 
to really receive God's forgiveness and understand that, you're going to have to walk free. And you can't walk in shame and guilt. That's living it out. That's that experience mm-hmm. of that. And a lot of people don't understand how that feels, and they are very uncomfortable with that. And so they're, and I think it's hard to believe, but it's true. I think some people just, I'm just more comfortable with feeling like a sinner. I just feel more comfortable, you know, feeling the shame and the guilt. And I, and I, and I understand that. I mean, it's you know, it's a feeling. You don't feel worthy. But that's where grace comes in, and that's where God's love. And He's like, you know, it's it's not what you feel; it's what I've done, and it's I want you to accept it and embrace it. And I think you have to just kind of have to learn how to walk in that freedom. I think, you know, again, I do feel like there are a lot of people that are very comfortable living in prison and being in mm-hmm. bondage than they are to be set free. One Crazy thing I, to think about it, but it's true. One thing I did want to touch on is. Uh-huh. First John five, where, John 5. Mm-hmm, where he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is mm-hmm. the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> Kara, you are a stinger. I said, I mean, I cannot tell you how many times that people quote that out of, out of context. Yeah, so let's bring it in context. God says if I, thank you, thank you, thank you. Sure. Well, there's a few, um, there's a few words that um, everybody skips over because they're so excited to hear that God's going to answer oh, he's their gonna prayers. he's going to do whatever we want. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a few little words here, and it's called, according to His will. And I will ask the question that everyone is thinking how do we know what How do we is? know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, for one thing, if it comes true, because that's what that scripture says. Mm-hmm. We know what's we asked of something that he will do it as long as it's according to his will. Now, not only do they ask the question, how do we know if it's his will? I can say, well, does it come true? Right. And it doesn't mean you can pray because you can pray for something. I mean, we see that throughout scripture as well as he's not saying if it's not according to your to his will, don't pray or ask. You know, he wants us oh, to bring no. everything mm-hmm. to him. But we only know that he will do whatever is his will. So And he, here's the deal. Yeah. The next question is what you just said. The next question is why pray? If he knows what the will is, I don't know what the I will is. I struggle with so. that question a lot. And I Yes kn- you do. And I know in my I know that prayer brings intimacy. I know prayer is our conversation and our, you know, it's talking mm-hmm. to the Lord. I know that. But so it's not more so like why not pray, but it's more so like why ask him to do something? Because kind of here's the deal. I know. I'm glad you asked the question. Of course, I'm not shocked that you asked the question, but because everybody else asks this, and I've asked it a thousand times. And the reason that I'm going to say what I say is because I asked the very same question for many, many years. I, and, and I'm not saying that I don't struggle with it now. I'm like, right. God, why, yeah. you know, why don't you just go ahead and tell me what your will is, and then we'll just move on. But like you said, because of intimacy, I, I need, because I know God loves me in His heart, I just kind of sh- need to share what's in my heart. Because it's a two thing. It's a relationship. It's right. part of me, part of Him. And I think that He says, you know, 
You have not because you ask not. So he's everything about prayer is a lot about, let's talk to me about this. I mm-hmm. want to know. And it's not that God doesn't know, but maybe you don't know. And I've found myself many times in praying about something and start to pray about something and find out why I'm praying that I've changed my prayer. Mm-hmm. As I'm praying, all of a sudden, what I thought I was going to pray about, all of a sudden, without thinking, I started saying things I didn't know mm-hmm. that I was even thinking right. about. Well, and there are times where it's like something may have happened regardless if I prayed about it or not. But when I have prayed mm-hmm. about it and then it happens, it's like I know that it's from the Lord. Whereas maybe before it may have happened regardless, and I may have just thought like, "Oh, that's great," or you know what I mean, like it. And or it look what have. I accomplished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look but what when, I did. Yeah, yeah, but when you ask him, you know, like I think of that, like with Christmas, you know, it's like maybe mm-hmm. I would be getting this pair of shoes for Christmas regardless if I asked because you just know me and you know that that's what I would want. But when I ask you for these certain pair of shoes and you give them to me, I'm like. You know, it's like a great, it's like this, oh my gosh, I asked for the, you know, it's it's just different. Mm-hmm. It's, you're, mm-hmm. I'm appreciative either way, but there's this, you know, thing of when you've asked and then God does, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's And him. then if you say, mom, I really want these shoes. And then I look up the shoes and I read the reviews and I see the shoes, you know, wear out in a day. And, you know, all these people said, I wore these shoes and I got blisters all over my feet or I wore these shoes and, you know, they didn't last very long. And I wore these shoes, I washed them, they all fell apart. I'd say, well, she asked for that, but based on what I know about these shoes, I'm not going to get it to her. But if she wants a pair of shoes, I'll go get her some out the house. So, so again, we got to go through the sovereignty of God and the will of God, but we also have to know that He understands. He's an omnipotent God. He knows everything. So when we're praying about something, God looks deep down in our hearts, and He goes, well, what she's really praying about is she wants to uh, be loved, or she wants to be accepted, or she wants to be you know, in community, or she wants to feel valued. And if she continues that route, she's not going to have any of those. So I'm going to change her direction. That, for you to be loved and for you to be in community and for you to feel valued is of God's will. But how that will come about or what would produce those things that God would want for you or who could provide those things for you that could do that, y'all may view it differently because God knows that person, say you want to be loved by somebody, and you're going down a direction, God knows that guy cannot love you like that. He does not I mean, know. We didn't have to take this personal. Well, we didn't have to go personal. But I'm just saying, just just say that a friend of mine had that <laughs> desire. And, you know, and so I, I would just say, you know, you just kind of have to trust God because nobody knows that person's heart more than God. And so he may know if he has the capacity to love you the way that you be, need to be loved. Or, you know, but... but God would want you to talk to him about it. I would not want you to walk in and go, Mom, I know you, you know, I know you're gonna do what you want to do, but so I'm just not gonna tell you. And I'm like, well, Kara, tell me what you want. Now, you know, if I Well, and we know, see that throughout the gospels as well. Like Jesus yeah. all I mean, I don't want to say always because I haven't re- researched, but I would say nine out of ten times Jesus asked, What do you want? Or, yeah. you know, like, what do you want? Or what do you want me to do? Or, you know, something along those lines. He he asked yeah, and it so seems many silly times. Because yeah, yeah, it's it like, seems well, silly, like the he, blind man standing there, yeah. and he's like, "What do you want? Oh, I want a Visa card. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I want my blind. You know, come on, you're Jesus here. Yeah. Uh, do I have to tell you that I want to see? And he's like, well, "How bad do you want to see? You know, and and it's 
it's this awareness that God's wanting us to be real and and that's where it brings intimacy so is when it's that realness, not only with him, but with yourself to really know, you know, this is really, this really is what I want. I thought I wanted him, but if he can't provide it, then yeah, you're right, God, take him out. Okay. If <laughs> I want these pairs of shoes and these shoes aren't going to do it very good, or if I want this job and if something happens in this job, it's not going to do well because you know the future and I don't. Don't let me get the job. So or, you know, or, or the house, ask, or you know, some other stuff. Okay, you're gonna ask something. So I'm gonna ask another question that I think someone may be wondering as well: Is can our prayers change the will of God? And when your I mean prayers, no, my prayers, your prayers, my prayers, anybody's prayers, you fast. But you if can, you look at okay, if you look at um, who was it? Uh, Abraham. I think it was Abraham. And he says, God's like, hey, I'm going to destroy this city. And Abraham's like, hey, let's not get hasty. Like, if I can find 100 righteous people, let's not. And he's like, okay. You know, and they go about mm-hmm. this whole, like, okay, if I can mm-hmm. find 10, 5, mm-hmm. 1. Did he destroy the city? He did, because I was Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay. And there was no, or there was one righteous, it was Lot, and he rescued Lot. So, mm-hmm. but, but I did like he there, destroy the city? Yes. But if you think about it, it says in James that I didn't say that God did not change his mind. I said God does not change his will. God may change his mind in doing it this at this time, at that time. But he does so not he change might because it says God changed his mind often. Okay, um, so our prayers could change God's mind and how does that you know because no. timing. Every time you look into scripture when God changed his mind, it was usually timing. Remember Nineveh. You know, he's like, don't destroy Was that, Nineveh. Was that Jonah? And uh-huh. And uh-huh. so and so they repented. He's like, I'm gonna re- you know, I'm gonna destroy you and, and they repented. So I said, okay. So God. God could change because it says in James that the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective, which would mm-hmm. imply that if you are a child of God, like your prayers, it does move the heart of God. It does it can if they're powerful and effective, that means that there is something to it. So it says the righteous prayer. It doesn't say a selfish prayer. So when you are no, it talks about the righteous, praying, the righteous man. Yeah, the righteous man. So the righteous man wants God's will. The prayer of a righteous person has great power and it's working. That's right. Because that righteous person wants what's God, what's right with God. He wants God's will. Mm-hmm. And First John says, according to your will, you know, you'll do, you know, that. And then another time in, in Scripture when it talks about praying, you know, why would I not give you, or, you know, God would not withhold. Well, it's best he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, so remember, the righteous person is a person who is surrendered. And, well, a righteous person is a believer that's, you know, received God, Jesus right. and made right, mm-hmm. right with God. But when you're wanting uh, righteousness, or you're living out of your righteousness and you're praying, then you're wanting God's will above everything else. You want to talk to Him about what you want. You want to share what you want. You want to tell us what you want. But at the end, you've got to know, I know the heart of God, and God does not withhold what's best for me. And I think that prayer, and and, and, I, and I, this is where I've landed, in, and it's helped me tremendously. I can wrestle with Want my will with God's will, you know. You know that's what Jesus did, you know, in Gethsemane. 
But at the end of the day, prayer and persistent prayer and continually surrendering to God brings you to the place of wanting His will mm-hmm. and surrendering to His will. And then when you're surrendering and, and, and doing His will, then He's going to answer that prayer. And if you dig deep where the Holy Spirit is in each of us, we don't want anything that God doesn't want. I mean, we're not right. that stupid. Well, so some, the end result, I mean, well, sometimes we can act stupid. We're really down deep aren't that stupid, but we can sometimes act stupid because we don't know any different. When we we're really sheep, leave, we're just dumb little you know, sheep wandering around in we're the just, field. Just wandering yeah. around. Yeah. And so I, I think that that's where we have to, you know, really dig deep because it says it's the desires of our hearts. God wants mm-hmm. to give us the desires of our heart. He doesn't want us to, to give us the selfish desires of our heart. He wants to give us the desires of the heart that He's put in us. Mm-hmm. And that again goes in God um, at the end of the day. I got to tell you what I want, and this is my request. I'm making it be known. But at the end of the day, because you're God and I'm not, because you know the end, you know what's the future, you know what how this is going to turn out, and you take responsibility of the outcome. I'm going to trust you, and then at the end of the day, I really want what you want. So will you? Change my heart, and will you give me the, your desires? Will you give me to want what you want? And you, sometimes that may be all you need to pray. Sometimes I'm going to ask one, I know one more question. That okay? I have heard it said that, mm-hmm. and I don't know who or where or whatever, but that basically people being like, I don't want to get to heaven and wonder what God would have done, and, you know, if I had prayed that, or if I had like, in other words, implying that like we sometimes can miss out on what God, and I use miss out loosely, but implying sometimes we don't get things because we don't pray or ask. Is that true? I think that what that they're talking about is that maybe God had given them and desired for them to do more for His kingdom. Mm. And I think, you know, you don't want to look back. I, I know I say this all the time, like, you know, God, what would you do if I really trusted you? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we are so insecure and we feel like we're just not good enough to do what God's called us to do. And so we don't really— uh, Or we don't trust God gifts. to ask Him. Yeah. Right. But, you know, He's given us gifts. He's given us talents to do what He wants us to do, you know, to fulfill the— proclaim the, the fact that Jesus is the Messiah and proclaim the gospel. I don't think that's what people are thinking about. I think that what they're thinking about, well, I don't want to die, and I could have been a doctor, and I just decided, you know, to yeah, I didn't pray about um, it. Janitor, yeah, yeah, I didn't pray about it, that kind. Of, but, but what I think what it is, I think I don't think there's any way that we ha- have a, the human capacity to understand really what all God would want for us to mm-hmm. do to proclaim the gospel. But I do feel like that. There are some things out of our gifts and out of our talents because there's Jesus talks about a lot of parables about they're going to be sad because mm-hmm. they didn't you know trust God for mm-hmm. more, but that's not talking about trusting God more because of what I could have done personally, but what I could have done for His kingdom and for mm-hmm. His glory. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's I think because we think so humanly and so selfishly and how we can make who we can be better. We're not thinking about that. What God is really, what we're going to be sad about, I think, is that we didn't do enough for His kingdom. Mm -hmm. And we didn't glorify His name to the greatest extent that we could have glorified Mm -hmm. Him in our lives. And maybe we didn't use our 
spiritual gifts and stuff to the right. capacity that or he maybe had given him. I, we didn't trust him and pray as much as maybe we would have liked. And, right. But in mm-hmm. a sense of like, man, if I had just trusted God in that, I would have had way. I would have slept so much better or I would have like had, you know, like I would have had less stress or I would have had less worry Mm -hmm. or, you know, like that. Because I mean, there's been times in my life where I look back and I'm like, man, if I had just like chilled out and trusted the Lord in that situation, I wouldn't have, you know, X, Y, and Z wouldn't have happened. And, you know, like that kind of like regret. And I say regret loosely, but just kind of like this, almost like more remorse of like, man, I like had a chance, an opportunity to really like rest in him. And I didn't. And what God would want for that is for you not to look at what you missed out on because you did it, more so than to learn the lesson and, and continue to trust Him. So, you know, really the issue here is God's allowed me to realize if I had just chilled a little bit or if I <laughs> like just trusted Him, yeah, and not take matters yeah. into your own hands, which is and hard. And those are the things God really wants you to concentrate on. What we concentrate on is, well, if I had trusted Him more, then I would have missed out, or I would have mm-hmm. had a better life, or I could have, you know, my circumstances would change. God's not so much as in, as concerned about all of that as He is the gift that He's given you to trust Him and for you to enjoy life a little bit. Like, yeah. don't be so stressed out, you know? Yeah. And I think it goes back to, like, His will. Like, we, I've, I do mm-hmm. believe that we cannot thwart God's will. Like, what He mm-hmm. has purposed and what He wants to happen, it will happen, no matter, like, we are not bigger than God. Mm-hmm. But I think, and it go, kind of goes back to that first John, you know, like he will do anything according to his will. And and sometimes I do think that there are things that he doesn't, it's not as, you know, like my niece deciding where she's going to go to college. You know, I do, mm-hmm. I feel like she genuinely wants what God wants. And mm-hmm. unless, like God is not a God of confusion. And if there's something that he will, he will make it clear. If there's a school that he is not, his will, then he will make it clear. And even if it's in her desire, I've been like, oh, I don't really want to go there, you know, but if she really wants to go somewhere and she is surrendered and wants what he wants, then she cannot mess up God's will. You know, like she can't mm-hmm. thwart what, you know, she's not bigger than God. And that simple truth, I mean, and I'm college was 20 years ago for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, I just think that truth is the case for all of us, you know, like at the, mm-hmm. the bigger picture at the end of the day, like we, if our hearts are surrendered, we cannot thwart God's will. And there's all these other little decisions that maybe, maybe God's like, it doesn't really, like he, maybe he doesn't care where she goes to school in terms of like, I can make it, you know, like both would be, or all five would be good, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think, Kara, I think bottom line, what we're trying to say here is really talking to God and being honest with them, transparent, or you don't try to hide and say all the spiritual words because you're trying to ma- manipulate God to say, just, I oh, just want your will. He's like, no, you don't. Let's talk about it. Um, and, you know, and then you, <laughs> yeah. talk, you know, you pray about it and you talk about it. I think that timing, I think um, that can be changed. I think God changes his mind, not his will, but I think he changes his mind, timing. I think the journey, you know, like, okay, look, you know, I'm going to give you a little bit more time. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're going to get where, you know where I want you to be. And then I think that if we just do the overall overarching thing, what is really God's will? And the overarching God's will is to glorify the Father, to love Him with all your heart and soul. Now, how you do that and where you do that is a whole different. That's what you're talking about. But when you think about what really is the will of the Father is... What school, where would 
Millie B. Mm-hmm. That would be best glorifying that she that she could go there, and because God would know that she would be able to go there and be closer to the Lord. That you know, and God knows this may not be a good school for you because there's going to be some temptation or whatever. Right. But I think when we get to the end of the day, God is more interested in talking to Millie about where she wants to go to college and him, her trust in him than want college. Right. And and she's more concerned about the college. And so I think that when we talk about what is God's will, God's will is for us to love him with all of our heart, to trust him, and to surrender and want what he wants above everything else. That's his will for us because that's the best thing for us. And that was why we were created. And how that comes about and how we display that in our lives, the journey that it takes to get to that is individual and it's, you know, and it's a journey and it'll, but that's where you're going to end up. God wants you to trust him. He wants you to know him and he wants you to love him. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.